Well, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Let's turn our Bibles this morning to 2 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, and verse 14. This is Paul's sign-off verse to the church at Corinth, born out of his faith, born out of supernatural encounters and lifestyle that strengthened or helped define Paul's message. We have been talking about the Holy Ghost. It says here, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Now, we discovered a couple weeks ago that the word communion, fellowship, intimate relationship, partnership, one that walks alongside with one that lays down and helps rise up. And so we're going to continue along talking about the Holy Ghost today. First thing, the Holy Ghost is not just an influence. Now, he does influence people, but he's not just an influence, as some would think. He is a person much as the Father, as much as the Father, and as much as Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God. These are persons of a triune Godhead or of a Trinity Godhead, same in one, reflecting each individual part, yet unified one with God. Now, he is not just an influence. He is a representative of the Father and of the Son, just as Jesus was of the Father. Now, he is not in a visible form that we see him that he's made flesh, but we see him as it were when the wind blows, we see the effects of his working or his moving. So the Holy Ghost represents God the Father and Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God. He represents them just as Jesus represented the Father. Do you not know that when you see Jesus, you see the Father? When we see the Holy Ghost working, and this is very important, when we see him working, we see God the Father or God the Son in motion. Now we would say, why is that important? Because many times people would claim that this was God or this was the Holy Ghost or this was the Spirit, and it wouldn't be the Spirit at all. It would be another spirit. It would be a manipulative spirit. It would be a spirit of witchcraft. It would be a spirit of antichrist. There are certain criterias that must depict or define, show forth the Holy Ghost. And the way that we can know the Holy Ghost is by knowing God the Father and God the Son. Could I get an amen? Now, to give an example, let's go to Ephesians, the fifth chapter. I had a young man come to me one time and he said, well, I'm telling you, God called me into the ministry. I said, well, great. He said, uh, the problem is my wife doesn't believe me. I said, okay. He said, but I'm going to do what God told me to do. I said, no, no, no. That's your flesh nature. He got so mad. He thought I was trying to quench the spirit. No, I wanted to choke him, but I didn't want to quench the spirit. But... From this point on, he comes and tells me, oh, no, this is God. So then I read him this passage of Scripture. Uh, let's look at verse 8. For when we were sometimes darkness, but now ye are light in the Lord, walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, proving what is the perfect will or the acceptable will of the Lord. When I read that, he said, well, what's that mean? I said, since there is no peace between you and your wife, I'm telling you that it's not God's time. I'm telling you that you need to wait. I'm telling you if you take these steps, you are going to harm your relationship, not only with God, but with your family. Well, I don't believe that. I said, well, okay, you can do what you want to do. So he storms out, you know, the uh, prodigal, super, Holy Ghost, know-it-all 
guy, been saved two days. You, you know, he's moving out, and uh, pretty soon his wife's calling me. So-and-so's knocking holes in the wall. Now he's pushing me around. What was happening? Disobedience breeds disobedience because he would not allow God's acceptable will for his life, not that he wasn't called. It's simply that two can't walk unless they agree together. So if you walk with somebody who's not in agreement with you, you're going to be fussing all the time. So it kept getting worse. Sure enough, get a call one day. So-and-so's backslid. He's left me. Sure enough, they're divorced. Sure enough, he's not in ministry. And sure enough, until he comes to the place of true repentance, he will never see the purpose and plan of God for his life. Why? Because he didn't know the Holy Ghost. He thought he was being led of God, but he wasn't being led of God for the simple fact that the fruits of God and the life character of God and Jesus Christ that had been revealed in Scripture were denied. So his spirit wasn't the spirit of God. So he was proving what wasn't of God instead of what was God. Amen? Amen? So we have to be careful, and that's why it's important that we understand that the Holy Ghost has certain criteria that reflect the Father. We never do anything that would harm anyone. Why? Because love doesn't do that. So you couldn't say the Holy Ghost told you to do something when you would hurt somebody. You could never say the Holy Ghost told you what to say if you offended somebody. Could have get an amen. You couldn't say that the Holy Ghost had led you if you uh, divided somebody. Why? That's not the nature and the character of God. Amen? So we need to realize that if we don't see it in God, we don't see it in Christ, then we're never going to be led of it by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. All right? So we understand that Jesus tells us that we are to be in communion with the Holy Ghost. That means that not only do we move into a place of intimacy, get to know Him. How do we get to know Him? By experience, by trial and error, by walking with, trying to prove, trying to trust. And if you fall, you get back up. How many of you have fell in the relationship that you're in? Sure, absolutely. We all fall, but if we get back up, there's hope for us. But if we don't try certain things, then we're never going to deepen the relationship that we are in one with another. Amen. And so we have got to be uh, communicative or active, birthing and having a relationship and deepening that relationship. In other words, you and I are to deepen our dependency and trust and knowledge of the Holy Ghost. If not, David, we will never ever be any more than carnal men. But we want to be empowered and enabled, led by and directed and instructed by the Holy Ghost. Could I get an amen? Absolutely. Jesus came equipped by the Holy Ghost to destroy every work of the devil. He depended deeply upon the Holy Ghost and he made crazy decisions crazy declarations about his dependency upon God that we think are impossible. Could I have John 5, 18 through 20 on the screens? John 5, 18 through 20. This is Jesus' dependency upon the Holy Ghost. How many of you just, I, I just want to tear the devil's kingdom up. I do. I want to destroy every work of the kingdom that comes in my path. The Bible says in John 5, I know it's there, John 5 and verse 18, it's coming, it's coming, we have Apple computers, it's coming, it's coming, they never fail, it's coming, they're the best on the market, thank God it showed up. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, 
but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Next verse. And, and then Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do, for what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. Now, how does Jesus see or hear or is he aware of or equipped of what God desires or is saying or declaring the direction that he should take? How is he receiving that? Remember the Holy Ghost. He will not speak of himself, but whatsoever he hears in heaven, that will he speak and he'll show you things to come. Now, why does Jesus say that? Remember, Jesus tells us what the Holy Ghost is going to do when he comes into our life because he has been experiencing him in his life. Amen? So when Jesus tells us these things, we can look at his life and see these things that are happening being reflected. And so Jesus says, look, I can't do anything. The Son can do nothing. That's how helpless Christians are in fulfilling God's plan, his purpose, his will, defeating the devil, bringing the gospel of salvation and life to the world is without the Holy Ghost, the sons and daughters can do nothing. If we don't hear, if we don't see, if we don't have the Holy Ghost evidence or the Holy Ghost person in our life, we are going to stumble and we're always going to be guessing at what we're supposed to do. Come on, hallelujah. So Jesus says this, for what things whoever he, the Father, does, where does he do them? He does them in heaven. He gets them then repeated on earth into the ear of a human being, Jesus made flesh. These also then the Son does likewise. Now next verse. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that he himself doeth. How does he show him what he does? God does him in heaven. Then the Holy Ghost shows Jesus what the Father has already been thinking. If God thinks it, it's an action. Could I get an amen? All right, if God thinks it, it's going to come to pass. Now, it says, he himself doeth, and he will show him greater works than these that ye may marvel. Wow. So now we understand that the only way that Jesus could do anything was because of what the Holy Ghost revealed to him that he had heard in heaven. Could I get an amen? Remember, the Holy Ghost is the representative of the Father and of the Son. He is the Spirit of God. He is the Spirit of the Lord. He is the Spirit of the Lord God Almighty. So when Jesus is talking about this, he's saying that God sees things or visions them in heaven. He then, the Holy Ghost, hears, sees them, and he delivers them to servants or to people here on earth. Remember what Jesus said. John 16, 13. He's not going to talk of himself. But whatever he hears in heaven and sees in heaven, he's going to show him to you and he'll show you things to come. So realize that the Holy Ghost is doing the same thing, David, in our life. Amen. But we should get the mindset, we can do nothing without him. Amen. Now you say, well, what does that mean? Remember, we talked last week about these great phases. Shut up so you can hear. Don't do anything. Be still until you know what to do. Amen? But too many times, we, I've had people come up to me and say, could you prophesy over me? Yes. Idiots are here today. Why would you ask me 
to prophesy when I can't say anything except he tells me, well, well I went to a prophecy school and they just told me, <laughs> yeah, I know what, you went to a nut school. You can't say anything unless God puts it in your mouth. If not, it is humanistic mind gathering, guessing, and you now you can make a, a soulish or an emotional connection with people. You can. But why do you want that? Why do you think that you have to speak just because somebody wants you to prophesy? I think it's called false prophets. That's what, oh yes, I remember that word, false. No, you can say what the Holy Ghost tells you to say. But why would you say something that God never told you to say, but you think should be said? Why would somebody do such an idiotic thing? I would tell you where to go to school to be a prophet. It called, it's called Deep Knee College. It's called Intimate Relationship with He Who Knows All. Why would you go somewhere to learn something that only God can give you? Remember that we are to speak as the Spirit gives us utterance, not as the soul gives us utterance, and not as thoughts to accumulate out of our own emotions. Do I have a word for you? I wish I did. But I'm like Balaam. You can't pay me enough to get me to say something that God hasn't told me to say. What is this? This is goofiness. Men in schools and emotional and, and, and carnal teachings do not replace the Holy Ghost. If it does, let's just fire him and run the place ourselves. I probably shouldn't be this hard, bud, but it just makes, I think it's, I, I shouldn't have said something. Can you take that off there? I think it stinks when men think that they're God. And that God can be motivated and brought forth at will out of the human mind. But you couldn't come in, call out a sickness, tell what's going on, lay hands on them, and get a blind eye open. Why? Because the Holy Ghost ain't no more with you than he is with your thoughts. Now, he can give you thoughts, but when you're in a room with 20 people and you're supposed to prophesy to all of them so you can get your graduation number 20, you, you got a problem. Get a hold of yourself. You're better than that. You do not need false prophetic babblings to establish who you are. Hallelujah. Remember, the kings would call prophets and say, prophesy to me. How can I prophesy to you except God would have me prophesy to you? But them old weasels back there, they just weren't as spiritual as we are today. Well, well I get those things in the mail. <laughs> Tear your mailbox off. What is wrong with people? Please. You can't replace the Holy Ghost with humanistic thoughts and humanistic manipulation and shenanigans that end up being nothing. And I dare one of you to show me when a prophecy, you prophesied to 20 of them, out of your mind came to pass. Now, if you want to go there, we're going to have a pile of rocks here because if you want the other, we'll give you the other. If you want to say you're a prophet, then you better prophesy right. And if you're not, stone you, stone you, stone you, stone you, stone you, stone you, rawhide, hit him up, get him up, get out of town. Yeah, I, listen. Now, now, all of this is quote unquote charismatic 
discovery. They're foolishness. But there's always somebody that falls in the cesspool of low self-esteem and insecurity, wanting to be used so much of God, yet won't go through the process that you're going to have to be crucified so Christ can live in you. Amen. Amen. Yep, thank God. All right, hallelujah. So you see what, how Jesus talks. And uh, let's go to uh, John 14.10, just to verify it. John 14.10, that Jesus is totally dependent upon the Holy Ghost. Whenever he talks about the Father has said or the Father spoke to me, he is really addressing that the Spirit of the Father that represents him, the Holy Ghost, is delivering to me what God has said. Believe thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of my what? But the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Now, we know that it was the Holy Ghost in Jesus and not the Father. But, again, he's referring to the Holy Ghost being representative of the Father, as we're talking about. Let's go to verse 11. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works' sake. So we see that Jesus referred to and depended upon the Holy Ghost. How would the sick have ever been healed if Jesus had not heard what street to go down or what time to show up? That's pretty interesting, isn't it? Now, we have somebody with us today that you're going to meet in the future. His name is Rob Kennedy and his wife, Jennifer. Stand up there, Rob. Jennifer, you stand up. They might not be prepared to see what Rob looks like. This is Rob and Jennifer Kennedy. They are coming to work for us at the end of March, and they are coming to our church to teach us full-time on soul winning. Because, because Pentecostals are not soul winners. And this church is going to be soul winners. And we're going to learn to be soul winners. We're going into our neighbor's house to be soul winners. Listen, Jesus is coming back, and most Pentecostals, including in this church, have jumped over the first commandment, go ye into all the world. We've went nowhere except to the lazy boy and to church and to special meetings to find out who we are and what we got. So he went on to the Internet. You can sit down now, guys. He, they went on to the Internet, and they were looking for a place to rent. And uh, so they uh, found some places. In the first place they went, they didn't like. The next guy that had them set up for several ones canceled the appointment. So they went to another one, the one they liked the best, over at St. Mary's. And it's on a cove, water's all around, they're Floridians. And the people that were renting the house said, why are you moving from Florida to Ohio? Well, who doesn't want to be in the land of God? <laughs> Amen? Amen? This is the land of God. Hallelujah. And uh, so they said, uh, well, we're moving up here because we're going to go to work and only believe ministry. The person said, well, I've attended there just like ever since it's been open. I was raised in that church. Her name was Shelly Sweeterman. Now, how do you run into somebody like that? It's not by chance. It's got to be by the Holy Ghost. Amen? Now, were you led of the Holy Ghost when you came? Now, yeah, you're wondering. I wonder now. <laughs> we thought you were led. We said, what's that guy out there in the, uh, the greeting place all the time for? I said, David, is he helping you? He said, no, he started helping, he said, but now all he does is come out and sit out there in a wedding room. Well, you know what? God will lead you. Somebody say, God will lead you. So what we want to do is we want to make sure that we allow the Holy Ghost to lead us. Remember Cornelius in the 10th chapter, he was praying and an angel come to him in a vision. Now when it talks about an angel appearing, well, we do understand that those things are orchestrated by God and by the Holy Ghost. So the angel is orchestrated by the Holy Ghost, and he comes in a vision and talks to Cornelius. 
Cornelius has been a giver and he's a Jewish convert and he's been supporting the building of tabernacles, not only synagogues, not only in Jerusalem, but throughout other countries where Jews have been dispersed and where there are Jews are congregated and where converts to Judaism are. So he has been giving to that because he believes in the evangelistic mentality of the Jewish people. And so pretty soon it comes up and his giving gets God's attention. And he says, who, who is all of this? And he says, well, it's Cornelius. And so God orchestrates a meeting through the Holy Ghost, an angel comes down, and he tells Cornelius this, go to a place and a street called Straight. You're going to ask for one Simon Peter. He's in a tanner's house, and you request him. He'll tell you what you must do. So while Cornelius is sending men over there, now he gives them the address, tells them the name of who they're supposed to ask for, and they go over there, and Peter, in the meanwhile, has a trance. He's caught up into a trance. And he sees, a, a, in this trance, he sees a vision, and God explains and interprets a vision. Peter comes down, and God, the Holy Ghost, tells him, go with these men, doubting nothing. He goes, while he starts preaching, the Holy Ghost falls upon them, fills them with the Holy Ghost, and they hear them magnifying and glorifying God in other tongues. Now see, God can do that to you and I. Now what was that? That was a divine time. That was a divine order for a divine connection. So God could bring a transformation. That's what God wants to do in our life. Could have given an amen. amen. Now, let's go to 2 Kings 5, 1 through 10. 2 Kings 5, 1 through 10. We're talking about just allowing and depending on the Holy Ghost. How many of you would like to just quit missing God, quit missing successes, quit struggling, and just do what God wants you to do? Amen. And it says, Now Naaman, the captain of the host of the king of Syria, and a great man with, with his master, and honorable because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. And he was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone by companies and had brought away captives of the land of Israel and a little maid, and she had waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Naaman's wife, probably because they were treating her nice, not treating her like a slave or a bondwoman. They were probably showing her honor and respect, even though she had been taken captive uh, during a raid. And it says, and she said to her mistress, how would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. See, prophets don't just stand and babble to people in a line. They operate under a gift of healing. It's just one of the criteria. Amen? And if you don't believe that, this woman knows the criteria of a prophet and says, you go to a prophet, you can get healed. All right, Amalek said, this. God told Amalek the same thing. Go to Abraham, my prophet, he'll lay hands on you and you shall recover. All right, and it says, and one went in and told his Lord, saying, thus and thus said the maid that is in the land, is front of the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, go to and go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. That, and he departed and took with him 10 talents of silver, 6,000 pieces of gold, 2G money, show up at Mills Creek, Creek, hallelujah, and 10 changes of raiment. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, And now when this letter is coming to thee, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman, my servant, to thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. And it says, And it came to pass that when the king 
of Israel had read the letter that he rent his clothes, tore up a good suit, and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive that this man descended to me and re to recover a man of his leprosy? Wherefore, consider, I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. And it was so that Elisha, the man of God, had heard what the king of Israel, that the king of Israel had rent the new suit. And he said unto the king and said, send me that so I can repair it. Saying, wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to who? Wow. And he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. Wow. Woo, boy. And so Naaman came and with his horses and with his chariot and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. Elisha, I'm sorry. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and thy flesh may come again, and thou shalt be clean. Now, let's stop right there. Now, who do you think directed the voice of that servant girl? The Holy Ghost. There is a time that we need to hear a word from God. Now, you can do a hundred different things, but wouldn't it be nice just to wait and to hear? Not what somebody else said to you. I'm not against books, but not what your 399 book said. Not what somebody else said to you. Not what somebody else did. But what would the Lord have you to do? Well, Naaman hears this. And Naaman goes. Naaman is in trouble. He's got leprosy. Incurable back then. I don't know if it's curable today. I don't know. But he goes. He needs a word from God. What's he get a word? Go and dip yourself seven times into the Jordan. He says, well, well I don't want to do that. Ultimately, he becomes obedient, obedient to what he says. So what we realize is that the Holy Ghost rests upon the prophet. He gives him a word, and he gets that word to take him to a chosen place, to a chosen time for a Holy Ghost miracle. Now, wouldn't you rather hear what God says to you so that you can hear what God says, so you can be where God wants you to be, and so that you are at a chosen place that God will meet you could it get an amen? amen? Amen. Look, we've all had encounters with God where God has led us build someplace and something happened. Wow, man, what if, what, what if I hadn't did that? Well, that was God. But couldn't we experiment with everything that we've got and instead of wasting time, missing God, struggling with an issue and allow God to do and set up and orchestrate our activities sure we could so let's take time remember when Peter was broke anybody remember tax time I think it's tax time right now because every time I say honey could we stop and get a coke no it's tax time <laughs> okay honey could I stop and get get some water with ice in it no they charge you for ice I'm thinking what what is the problem tax time so our whole house looks like an accountant's room Papers are everywhere. Food never is, but paper is everywhere. Fend for yourself. Bologna sandwiches. Rice cakes with uh, peanut butter. Peanut butter on top of them. But we ain't got no money. It's tax time. Well, Peter is facing tax time. He tells Jesus, we ain't got no money. The tax collectors are here. They say, we want money. Jesus said, okay, all right, good. He doesn't flip out the checking account. He doesn't say, here, here's the visa. He doesn't say that. He says, okay, Peter. He says, uh, go fishing, and the first fish you take up is going to be a coin in his mouth. Now, I'll tell you what, this is good intuition. This is a great guess, I'm telling you. Man, I'm, I mean, this is a great guess. Go fishing. Take the first fish. Take the coin out of it. I don't know how much that coin was, but it might have been a pretty good chunk. 
So if he was looking for a fish that was swimming like this, he had the fish in his mouth. He catches the fish, he takes the coin out, and he comes back and pays taxes. Wouldn't you like to let God meet your needs by his hand instead of you always struggling to do it by yours? Could I get an amen? Absolutely. People say, well, I'm in debt. Okay, good. Let's get with God and say, God, what do I need to get out of debt? He might say, you need to be crucified. Your lust is everywhere you're buying everything. Mine is keep magazines out of my house. I never realized I need one of them microwave bowls until I seen it the other day in the catalog. I thought, who doesn't need a microwave bowl? And then today, I was taking a break and having a cup of coffee and turned on TV. Now we need a microwave screen so it don't splash all over. I'm telling you, we need bowls and we need screens. Oh, okay. Well, that's the poor man's screen. But they do have a rich man's screen. Now, how many of you would much rather have God do that for you? Come on, let's let God start using us and supplying for us. Take your time. Somebody say, take your time. Now, the Holy Ghost leads us when we get into these storms like Peter was in the midst of need or into a storm of sickness and disease like Maven. He wants to lead and order our steps if we'll give him the chance. Paul was in a storm in Acts 27, and it says it got so bad that they were without hope. That means you're at the end of your ropes. But he is fasting. And at night, an angel comes and stands by him, fellas. Of course, he's commissioned by the Holy Ghost. The angel comes, and the angel says, Paul, don't worry, don't fear. Nothing's going to happen to you. You're going to land on an island out here in the middle of nowhere. You don't know where it's at. You can't read your maps. Everybody is hopeless. Everybody's filled with fear. You're going to end up on an island over here and be encouraged. It's going to save your life. I'm going to bring you out. Now, Paul has been waiting 14 days. He's been fasting, hasn't been eating, and he stands up and says, Hey, guys, I got a word from God. Right. No, no, I got a word from God. Now, the word is this. Pay attention to what I say. Do what I'm telling you to do. Respond like you respond. Stop throwing everything overboard. It's not going to help. God has given me the answer. And then Paul says, now we are going to go. He said, make sure that none of the prisoners are killed. Keep them. Don't let anybody jump overboard. And God's going to bring us to a place, and he's going to run us to shore, and we're all going to be saved. So they started touching and uh, checking all of the decks. I don't know how they do that with a rock or one of the slaves or something. They're down who banging off the bottom, 14 fathoms, this. Pretty soon they're getting, oh, we're going to run up on the bank. Good. They choose a creek. I don't know who put the creek there, but I'm sure it was God. And that creek, and they dive the ship into there, and it locks it up, and all the men get off safe. And it looks like they've lost everything. They haven't lost anything because, see, they got a word from God speaking. And they did it the way that God said it. There was something they had to do, a time they had to do it. There was an action they had to take and a faith they had to have. And guess what? They run the ship into that and they come up on this island and just so happens that the natives of that island, don't get mad, they were called natives. They were natives of the island and the chief's son was sick. Lo and behold, there's a prophet in the crowd. He prays for the sick, and he's healed. And the king is so grateful that they give him boats and laid the boats down, Phyllis, with blessing. So they go with more than they come with. Listen, if you will let God direct your steps out of your storms, don't let the storm dictate false emotional actions. Just stay still. Let God reveal who he is. He's going to give you a word. Somebody say, God's going to give me a word. When God gives you a word, he's going to also tell you what to do. When you know what you're supposed to do, do it. And as you do, you're going to give 
birth to the harvest that God has in your life. Now, you may think that you're going to go under. Don't worry about it. If God gave you a word, guess what? You're going to come through. You're going to be victorious. You're going to be safe. And not only are you going to go in, but you're going to come out with more than what you went in with. Could I get an amen? Listen, the Holy Ghost knows what's going on. The Bible says, Hebrews 4.13, he not only knows what God has in store for you, he already has seen what the enemy has prepared for you. And he's going to direct you, he's going to instruct you, he's going to lead you and guide you. Remember, don't do anything unless you see the Father tell you to do it. Why? You'll escape the snares of the enemy. If you don't, you're going to find yourself in a field filled with snares that you can't get out of. Wait until God says, go. Wait till God says, now is the time. Wait till God says, now rise up. Wait till God says, go, do this, do that. But don't go without God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Think of how many places that God wants to take us. There's a place, some place, there's a woman with an issue of blood waiting on the streets that she can be touched of God. Some place, Scott, there's a blind man that's been there for years that's waiting to be set free. Some place, there's a Zacchaeus waiting for you to come. How are we going to get there if we do not let the Holy Ghost speak to us? How are we going to be used of God if he doesn't lead us and guide us? Come on, could I get an amen? How are we ever going to get breakthroughs if we don't know the steps to take? Hallelujah. So we want to do, I remember when we were coming into the ministry, we didn't have no money. Lord, we were broke. We spelled broke with capital letters. And then... We were going in the ministry, and Phyllis said, God, you got to prepare for me like you did Joseph in Egypt. And God said, she asked, she said, God, I have to have a freezer so I can get meat so that we can live. Sure enough, she went to work that day, and a, a guy was going through a divorce, and his wife loved her new freezer. And he said, I'm selling that sucker for $100. We bought it for $100. The wealth of the sinners laid up for the just. I'm sorry they got divorced, but we got the freezer. Hallelujah. And <clears throat> now, then God gave us enough money that we were able to buy half a beef. And I'm telling you, I became the hamburger chef of the world. I could fix hamburger 90 ways, but it still tasted like hamburger. What are we having for supper? Hamburger french fries. Okay. Come home. What, 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 are we, what are we having for supper? Hamburger and baked potatoes. Oh, okay. What are we having for supper next week? Well, we're having hamburger and coleslaw. What are we having next? Hamburger and macaroni. Hamburger and hamburger and hamburger and hamburger, 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 hamburger. And somebody tried to take us out to McDonald's. We pulled them over the road, beat them up, and took their money. We, wasn't, we said, we ain't, no, we ain't having no, no more hamburgers. Hallelujah. Listen. God will help you. Could I get an amen? God will help you. I was going down the road one time, and I said, Phyllis, i got to have uh, handkerchiefs and shirts. I, we pulled in this yard sale, and I'm not kidding you. The shirts were there. The handkerchiefs were there. I knew it was God. They had my initials on it. Yes. You, you think I'm lying? Really? Yes. They had my... They had my initials on the handkerchiefs and the shirts. Who could get more directed of God like that? Well, it was a yard sale. You ain't got nothing to wear. You don't care. Come on. I didn't buy my underwear there. I just didn't wear none. Hallelujah. But don't, don't get evil pictures in your eyes. We have enough money to buy underwear now. I'm wearing a, a, a silk red polka dotted thong today if you want to see a picture I'll give you a picture hallelujah now now how many of you want God to lead you take your time 
wait. Remember, Jesus said, the son can't do anything. Now, you can fail without God. But if you want to do things that are ordained of God, you can't do them without him. So wait. I could imagine. Remember when Jesus sent the disciples over to the other sea and he stayed on one side and he was praying that night and he saw him in a storm and he walked on water. I wonder if that was just a good thought or if that was a God word, a God word. And he walks on the water. Can God cause you to walk through impossible situations and reach the other side when other people are doing it their way, but we can do it God's way? Come on, absolutely. We can do it. It will just be still. Keep quiet until God speaks. And then when God speaks, just do what God told you to do. Just do what God told you to do. It's all you have to do. Now, I've, I've told this story so many times. I, I still, it's one of the stories that changed my life. We had a person come to our house, and Phyllis and I lived in a 146-year-old funeral home that was haunted when we went there. Phyllis cast all the devils out, and it wasn't haunted until her mother and dad come to visit. No. And then, and uh, we were in that 146-year-old farmhouse. We were there for, what, eight or nine years. Yeah, and it had been a funeral home. Uh, and so we lived in that house, and a couple from our church come there, and they said, this is where you live, Pastor? I said, yeah, why? Mm, okay. My accountant looked at it and said, well, you live kind of meager, meagerly, Pastor. I said, buddy, I said, I'm taking all my faith in it. Could. We had it $358 a month, buddy, was the house payment. And we thought, my God, we're going to go under that's how much money we made. We said, well, Lord Jesus, we're going to go under. But we made it. And uh, those people come, and they came back a couple weeks later or so, wanted to have an appointment. With, so we met with them, and they said, you know, I'm a contractor in your church. I said, well, that's great. He said, the Lord put on my wife's heart. See, God knows who to deal with. Amen. Men ain't got enough guts to live yeah. like that. <laughs> Women. And he said, God told my wife to that we are supposed to build you a house. And I said, that's the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we bought the lumber, and he did the work and built the house. And that house is still ours today, bought and paid for, and it's ours. Now, how can that, that can happen anytime. I remember one time, a couple in our church, I just bought a brand new Durango, paid cash for it. It was my money. It was my Durango. It was red. Yep. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I was, oh, man, I love that Durango. Man, God. I seen somebody walking across the parking lot with children. And the Lord said, they don't even have a car big enough to haul them. I said, well, they shouldn't have so many. <laughs> I'm using wisdom like that. It ain't my problem. I ain't doing it. Hallelujah. And the Lord said, give them your Durango. I said, absolutely not. I am not giving them my Durango. Pretty soon, uh, I called the guy in and said, hey. I said, you got 20 bucks? He said, yeah. I said, give me $20. Give me $20. I said, here, here's the keys of my car. He said, I'm, I'm selling you that new Durango out there for 20 bucks. He said, oh, hey, thank you, Pastor. I'm thinking, oh, great. <laughs> you would have thought he would have fell down, shined my shoes, and rubbed my back. God mowed my yard had done something. Hey, thank you, Pastor. <laughs> like some grandkid. I had to get a ride home. I don't know who brought me home. I've been taken home by sheriffs and everything else from this church. And uh, I get home and Phil said, hey, honey, where's your Durango? Funny thing happened to me on the way out of the door of the church. What happened? I said, God told me to give that away. You mean he told you to sell it? Well, no, he told me to give it away, but I had enough sense to sell it. Good. I said, uh, she said, how much you get? I said, $20. <laughs> and there was a great divide. <laughs> no, but you know what? God blessed me. I didn't, 
I mean, I'm driving a truck that another church bought for me. Amen. Hopefully, if they're watching this tape, they'll realize it's three or four years old. I need a new one. <laughs> and hopefully, they're live streaming. And uh, no, God's going to lead you. Somebody say, God's going to lead you. Let's just wait, hear God, get a word from the Lord, do what he said. And I'm telling you, sickness will be defeated. Poverty will be erased. I'm telling you, God will bring you victory out of your battles. And I'm telling you, the Bible says this in Isaiah. When you start doing what God says, there is a voice that will stand, come up behind you. Go this way and go that way. Nehemiah 9, I think it's 10 through 20, says, listen, and God will speak to you, and he will show you the place to walk. Amen. Listen, God wants to help us. The Holy Ghost is here. We as sons and daughters, listen to me, you can't do anything without him. You can't do anything without him. You want to go fishing Monday? You want to. And you, you're telling me that. Are you going to ask Rhonda? <laughs> she said I could. She's already told yeah, you. Yeah. yeah, right. He'd be calling me later. Hey, Pastor, I forgot to ask. Rhonda's got something going on. You never make decisions like that without, without her. Thou canst do nothing. So we need to rely on the Holy Ghost as much as we do on our wives. Amen. Dr. O'Blue, did you dress yourself today? Halfway. Okay, good. Who finished it? Lori. Okay, there you go. You put your underwear and your socks on. She said, now put this suit on. <laughs> yeah, hallelujah. Let's stand our feet. Somebody say, we're going to wait. We're going to hear. And we're going to do. I'm telling you, God has places for us to walk that we have never walked. He will unlock those secret places that have been hidden. He will do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And if we will walk in the course and the paths of God, we will find the wealth that God has laid up for us. Just let God direct us. Don't be in a hurry. You're going nowhere except failure without Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah today. The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. We can do nothing without you, Holy Ghost. You hear from heaven so that we can hear from heaven. You tell us what the Father is seeing, what he is about to do. You reveal to us the places that the enemy is dwelling as you did Jehoshaphat. The enemy comes up by this route. Don't go down, go this way. You'll not need to fight this battle. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. The Spirit of God fell upon the son of a Levite. They gave a word of the Lord. It says that the Spirit of the Lord came upon the Levite and he prophesied. Jehoshaphat had a word. He had a direction, and he did. And it took him three days to bring the spoils home. God has a victory for you wherever you're at. Please wait for the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. Take the course and the steps. Allow the time of God to become your time. And then just do it and you will see victory. You will see victory. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who's ever had a dream of three doors? Who's, who's had a dream about three doors? If that's you, raise your hand so I can see. Raise your hand. I've never had this happen, so I'm going for it. Who's had a dream have three doors in it? Okay, Mark, we'll get them after service. Hallelujah. There's so many times that happens. All righty, go on once. We'll hear about a sound booth. Hallelujah. You did, Pam? All right. Now, let me tell you what's going to happen in those three doors. The three doors are symbolic of three things that you're going to go through. The three doors are symbolic of three seasons. And in those three seasons, one will be looking like you and yourself will be very dry. The other will be a door that will be open. And it is a door that you will just simply have to endure. Don't cave up. But the third door, I'm kind of reminded of a, of a, a show I seen years ago. The price is right. I don't know if it's on or not. But behind that third door, because of the seasons you went through, because that you have resisted and endured, there's going to be a door of transformation, a door of change, and a door of increase. Those three doors are the symbolisms of what God is about to do. It's just going to happen in about a six-month period of time. It's the number of man. At the end of the number of man, it's going to be the number of God that's going to show up. And you watch. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Does somebody have a middle name? Uh, May? Is it a May? A middle name May. Who is it? Come right up here. Oh, is it? Who, who is it? Okay. There you go, May. Hallelujah. Now, May, your digestive system and your bowel area in the colon is going to be touched. And uh, there's just an order going to come to your digestive system and your bowel area especially. Now, I don't know if you've had bouts with that. You have. Well, there's going to be a healing coming to that right now. You did. You do right now. You had cancer in the colon area. Well, let me tell you something. There's a healing taking place there and a restoration. So I just declare unto you, May, that the hand of God, from this moment on, you will see a restoration in your bowel area and in the colon area is going to be totally healed going to be okay. Alrighty? Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. 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 Alrighty, let's lift our hands up towards heaven. Hallelujah. Jesus, we just invite you to come. We sang the song, Holy Ghost, come. Spirit, come. Teach us, lead us. Let us not go where God has not directed us to go. Let us not go without a word from God. Let us not go without the direction of God. Let us not go before or behind the time of God. Holy Ghost, Jesus told us that you would lead us, that you would guide us, he told us that we would know the Father's voice. He said you'd show us things to come. And Holy Ghost, we are his sons and daughters. What could we do without you? Holy Ghost, come and visit us. Dreams, visions, come. Teach us how to communicate, to walk, and to know 